This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by our Full Focus referral program. Send $10 to a friend and earn $10 for yourself at fullfocusplanner.com slash share the love. Not just beat ourselves up, and we shouldn't beat ourselves up at all. But, but okay, let's just scrap all of that. No, that was great. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Have all you right, heard the like... podcast before? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet, so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays. I'm Verbs, here with yet another special guest, and of course, Blake Stratton. Blake, how are you, sir? Uh, not feeling as special as I normally do when you introduce me like that. And of course, <laughs> listen. and of course, right, yet again. Still here with this guy. Obligatory (laughs) other person. Um, Well, you know, I am excited. I'm doing well, Verbs. Good. Excited it's Monday. It is. We are talking about something that is, for me, for me, my favorite part of all things full focus and maybe all things productivity. Really? Because it's, uh, for those that listen, you know, I like to... Uh, put on the goggles, strap on the oxygen tank, and do a little scuba gear. Get the flippies out. Go deep in my feelings, but still be productive. Sure. And what we're talking about today is going to help people that need to get a grip on where life is going, yeah. and really unclog what's really unclog what's stopping them from loving Mondays. You know, they're like, listen, I listen to verbs every week. I like Mondays, but then when the podcast is over. Hey, Mondays again. So we brought someone here to help explain this process. Her name is Hannah Williamson. Hey, Hey, Hannah, how are you? Great. It's good to be here with you guys. It's fun to have you here. I feel like you're always here because Hannah, honestly, you are the, what's the saying? The linchpin. The the linchpin. Mm. Yeah, she really (laughs) makes makes the podcast happen in a lot of ways. So much of the the great content that we get for the show, the ideas, the questions, the uh, direction of the show, you're such a big part of creating that. So you've, whether you know it or not, dear listener, you already love Hannah, but after this episode, you'll love her even more. Hannah, we have a, uh, a question for you. I'm, I'm ready. Are you familiar with this term, Sunday Scaries? Blake, did you create that term, by the way? Was that a Blakeism? Sunday scaries? Me? Yeah. Um, No, I didn't. Although, if I can, if there's still intellectual property to be collected on that, then yes, I did. I got acquainted with with the term Sunday scaries because of Blake, actually. Um, When I was listening to one of our Focus on This podcasts as we were recording, and Blake used that term, and I'd never heard it before, but I was like, that is such a good word mm. to describe this feeling that I feel like lots of people are familiar with and might just not have the word for it yet. Yeah. So whether whether you are the originator of the idea or not, Blake, you're the person the I learned it from. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I think our listeners can agree weekly. They're just blown away by my revelatory sayings. So I'm glad that you um, experienced that. 
Yeah, Sunday. So if you are not familiar with this term, Sunday scaries, it's that it's that feeling that you get when you hit Sunday and it can feel like the week is just looming over you. You feel the dark clouds of Monday starting to move in and you don't want to dread work, but you don't want to get swept away either. So you dread Monday because it's it feels just overwhelming to dive back into the chaos of the week, especially after you've had a great weekend. And now it's like, dun, 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 Monday's coming. Uh, but it doesn't have to be like that. And that's the good news. So we want to answer the question, how can we start loving Mondays again or even love Mondays for the very first time since you were a young child? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We'll have to I keep don't know that why way. that got me. <laughs> I need verbs to tell me what it was like when I was a young child again. That was too great. How can we start loving Mondays again or just start loving Mondays, period? I think core to answering that question is this idea that a lot of times it's not actually Monday itself that we Mm. hate. We don't like the experience of feeling overwhelmed and feeling like we're going to get swept away from the week, which means that the solution isn't a longer weekend. The solution is a better plan. It's a better approach to the coming week so that you don't feel overwhelmed and you actually enter energized and motivated and ready for for what's coming. So the key is not just more time. The key is actually to look ahead, look behind and be proactive, right? To, To make some kind of plan to do that. And so fortunately, we have something that does the trick, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine that. Yeah, and this is one of those components to the planner to where I definitely felt the upgrade when I committed to doing it and it shifted my whole week or my approach to the week. Um, but take us through the weekly preview. What all does it involve? Help us, help our listeners um, just understand that a little bit better. Yeah, so the weekly preview combines kind of two elements of of heading into a week prepared and equipped for what's ahead. And and those are looking back and looking forward. Um, And and to do that, we're actually going to walk through five steps um, of a weekly preview. Okay, so let's walk through these steps because there's some of you that have seen the weekly preview in your planner or some of you that don't have a planner but know that you need something like this, something to really get a handle on the week ahead and not just feel like you're running on a treadmill and then you just get off the treadmill on the weekend and then jump right back on when the treadmill's already running on Monday morning. So Hannah, introduce us to the first step. Yeah. Step number one is celebrate your wins. And I know that we actually had a had a episode recently centered around celebration, more looking at at, at an entire year. But really, celebration is is key more on this week-to-week basis, in part because celebration actually drives motivation, which makes sense when you think back on your own life and experience. When we feel like we're progressing at a thing, getting better at a thing, making progress on a thing, we're we're so much more likely and so much more motivated to continue working at it. When 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 we feel that absence, it's easy to get discouraged and and not know how to keep going. And so really having this, this kind of step of celebration is so essential to slowing down and noticing the progress that we're making and letting that become our motivation for the future progress. When you celebrate a win, Hannah, is it easy for you to think of stuff? Like one question I get from people sometimes when I've introduced this idea is they, 
you go, well, what does that mean? Like to, to celebrate it? And what if I can't think of anything? So how do you remember, or, or if you have a week where you feel like there's nothing to celebrate, what advice would you give somebody? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I think a couple, a couple tips here. One is to remember that even though your wins could totally be goal-related, they could also not be. They don't have to hmm. be. Um, and so really when I start thinking about wins, I'm, I'm primarily thinking about the highlights of my week and then what I did to get to those highlights, right? So, so if, I, if I had a, I don't know, project that went really, really well, and then I look back and I say, you know, part of what made that project so successful was this particular strategy that I used. Then one of my wins for that week might be like ha- like having this super sex- successful project as the result of this preparation that I did, this strategy that I used. Um, so yeah, I think I think a, a possible way to find those would just be to, to look for the emotional highlights, if you will, and then think about the work that you did to make those possible. Um, and then also to, to broaden what counts as a win and to remember that a win can be in any aspect of your life. It doesn't just have to be vocational and it can be about something that's not strictly goal related. I think that's great advice, especially the connecting to what you did, the ownership that you had in getting that highlight or experiencing the positive thing. A lot of times I find myself actually just writing down the positive thing that, ha- oh, this happened and that was good. At least life is okay. But the whole concept of being, con- you know, positive momentum that comes from celebration, you don't really get that unless you take ownership of your role in that. So I think that's a really wise distinction. And I want to make sure to do that. Yeah. And I think it's really important because it combats this tendency in us to beat ourselves up and take kind of maybe more responsibility than we should for the things that went wrong and, and to have this negative self-talk of why why did why did I let this thing happen? Why did I say that thing? Uh, why didn't I do this other thing? Um, we, we tend to gravitate toward that kind of behavior and that kind of self-talk. And then we just completely fail to do that same thing in regards to our wins. We, we, we don't slow down enough to notice like, the way that I handled that situation was actually really successful and contributed to the the resulting win, whatever it was. And so I think just having this moment to, yeah, slow down, reflect, and, and notice the things that are working because we want to continue the things that work and not just stop doing the things that don't. A follow-up question there, Hannah. Um, I mean, it sounds like what we're saying right now is, hey, just take a moment and recognize your wins. And the step is celebrate your win. So is there actually something that we're looking to mark the occasion after we've recognized it? Like, to what degree should we actually celebrate it? And can that be done on a weekly, you know, on a weekly basis as we do this this weekly preview? Yeah, that's a great question. Am I buying um, a cake every time, you know, with a few <laughs> candles just to say, hey, you know, I did such and such this week. You know, what if you are, I really hope that one of your goals wasn't to cut sugar <laughs> out of your diet because you will be, <laughs> you'll be yes. regressing. So personally, I don't celebrate by necessarily doing something sure. every week. I think if it's a particularly large win, if it's a milestone on a goal, for instance, then having some sort of formal celebration could actually be fitting. Um, but I think often just that motion of that habit of 
um, slowing down and like almost like letting yourself give yourself a pat mm-hmm. on the back and like not feel sure. bad about that um, is actually a, can can be a reward in and of itself. You don't necessarily need an external reward. Just having that moment of celebration and, and noticing how far you've come can be really powerful. No, that's good. All right, give us step two. Yeah, step number two is capture your learning. Mm, but my learning can't be contained <laughs> on one page, Hannah. I'm not. <laughs> Wealth of wisdom. <laughs> you know, Blake, that's why we have the journal for you. So you can mm. just draw that out a little bit. This is my favorite step. I love, I love to learn. Um, no, what I've told people before is a lot of times the lessons that we need to move us to the next level or to move closer to our goal are not in a book that somebody recommended to us, they're in the events that happened in our last week. They're screaming at us to learn so that we can move forward. Uh, Hannah, um, can you walk somebody through how you do that with the weekly preview? Yeah. Well, before I do that, I want to touch on something related to what you just said, Blake, which is the way that we can actually, when we have this approach, start treating our our week and our lives and our decisions almost a little bit with that experimental mindset we've talked about so much, right? This idea of like, is this working? And if it's not working, what can I do differently? How can I how can I pivot? And those are really the questions that we're going to be asking. Um, to 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 your last question, the way that you move through this capturing of of your learning is you start asking yourselves questions like what's working well, and also how can you improve? And again, I think it's really important to give equal weight to both of those questions, kind of like we were just talking about in the last point. It can be easy to get stuck on what's not working or what needs to change, but it's also really important to note what is working. What what are the strategies or the changes to your routine or the technologies that you're using or the way that you're going about having conversations that are actually working really well? And then how can you keep doing those things? And then at the same time, looking back and saying like, where was there room for improvement? Maybe not what did I do wrong, but where was the gap? What's what's a place that I could do better, that I could um, think differently, that I could adopt a different approach? How can I help further my results by altering my behavior? And I think it's important to note as well, Hannah, um, that when you're considering how you can improve, that you keep in mind that you are considering, you know, all domains of your life, not just work, but then also personally, you know, some things that you may want to adjust uh, as you go throughout your week or you move throughout your weeks. And just like you said, posture yourself in a way that you set yourself up for a success and for that end of the week win. When you do your weekly overview and note those areas where you say, hey, this is where I made these minor adjustments. And because of that, this week I can actually celebrate what's been accomplished. Yeah, I think I think a great example of a silly kind of thing that I've thought about improving recently is I've noticed that if I don't start thinking about dinner, like if I if I don't have a plan for dinner before dinner time. Dinner is either going to be significantly later than it should be or like 
less nutritious <laughs> than it otherwise could have been. <laughs> and even just that that little change yeah. of, for me, either thinking about it at, at lunchtime or at the start of the week, planning out my dinners for the week has been such an improvement just even in the past couple of weeks to like the rhythm of my days and my kind of sense of preparedness and my sense that life's not just sure. happening to me, but that I'm approaching it and taking ownership for it. So these these improvements don't have to be crazy. They can be just small adjustments that actually go a long way towards helping boost your sense of, of yeah. well-being. And, the- and I think I think in this too, it's really important to note that there's there's always room for improvement and we need to have grace for ourselves in that process, right? We don't want to use this this question, where could I improve, as an excuse to beat ourselves up, right? We we want to use it as a tool for for going further, for experiencing more success. And yeah, just that that the piece that the the saying that Michael says often, right, from from good old anonymous that that prolific writer, um, thoughts disentangle themselves, passing over lips and through yeah. pencil tips. And so, really having this moment to think about what can I improve, and then writing that down, it's 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 a learning moment. It's the learning moment that that Blake loves so much. <laughs> Absolutely. So. I would recommend folks that like this step in the preview, or maybe it feels like this step is hard to start doing micro versions of it every day. That's something that I started to do last year that I just felt was super valuable. Just taking a moment every day to journal stuff that I'm noticing. And it's not even necessarily stuff that I'm quote unquote learning. I just write down stuff that I noticed. Hey, that went really well. Hey, that didn't go so great. And then during the weekly preview, I'm translating the noticings into lessons that I can take with me. So if you don't already have a journal, you can pick up one of ours, Full Focus Journal. It's awesome. We did a couple episodes back, episode 60 and 61 on that. Verbs, I think you you dropped some, some heavy revies in that episode um, about journaling. So make sure to go back and listen to those, everybody. Heavy revies. Nick loved that. What is the next step in the weekly preview? So step number three is compile your lists. And before we get into the content for this, I actually have a question, which is, as you move throughout your week, where do you find these different to-dos, thoughts, uh, next steps? Where do those start to accumulate for you? Is it your inbox? Is it Slack? Is it a notebook somewhere? Do you have a task management system beyond the planner? Where do those things start showing up for you guys? I'll say for me, it's often just in the the section of the daily page right underneath my big three, or I'll just jot them down as I pull them out of, you know, Slack threads um, inside just a notebook on the side to where I know I'll refer to that as well. Yeah. For me, it's my task management app I use called Things. Stuff that's important that I'm going to execute tends to go in my planner and everything else. You know, that's kind of this kind of collection box of maybe not the most important, maybe just the start of something important, maybe not urgent yet, but should have my attention. Maybe it should. Stuff will kind of collect there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I I think that, I mean, even we who work at Michael Hyatt and Company love the planner, still also a lot of times use that planner in conjunction with with other technologies and and task management systems. Like I know our team uses Asana. Um, 
And the ability to kind of make sure to check all of the different places, if you will, and make sure that all of the pieces have been caught, no, no details are falling through the cracks. That's really essential to kind of this, this peace of mind that you need to start mm. loving Mondays. It's hard to feel at peace if you're trying to remember, did I forget right. that thing? Did I need to have that conversation? Did I need to write that thing? What's, what's happening? So this step of compiling your lists is really about checking the boxes, making sure that nothing is slipping through the cracks by getting all of those pieces in one central location. Yeah, because what you're saying is when you're coming into the Sunday evening and you realize, oh man, there's some boxes that didn't get checked this week. And, and wherever those things live, your mind is drifting to each of those things and you're wanting to act on it, but it's actually just kind of occupying your your bandwidth at that moment, which creates that thing that we talked about at the beginning, which is the, the the Sunday scaries. So, what do you what do you suggest, or what's the best habit we can get into um, to help eliminate the Sunday scaries in that that regard? Yeah. So, so this list sweep is the solution. Um, so, it's a matter of going to each of those locations. So for me, that tends to be the daily pages of my planner. Like you, Verbs, I tend to to have them mm -hmm. in boxes and and uh, my in my planner. Um, but then also checking Slack, checking Asana, and even checking my email, and just making sure is everything sure. hot. Um, do do I know everything that's going to be expected of me in the coming week, or if it's a longer term project in the coming month, and and am I keeping tabs on it? Um, and and you can compile those list items in a number of places, but a really great place kind of built into the planner that I use, I know that several of our clients use, is this portion of the weekly preview where it says weekly mm -hmm. overview. Um, and it's the, the directions next to it um, are, are about, you know, reviewing your goals and key projects, but it's a great place to just drop in those things that you need to do for the coming week to have that all in one place. So you can sure. look at it at a glance and know what's happening, know what's coming up and not have to be concerned about something slipping through the cracks. Hannah, how long does it take you on average to kind of do that list sweep? Oh, less than 10 minutes. I mean, maybe five, five to 10. What about you, Blake? Uh, it kind of depends on the week I find, but especially in the early goings, this would be sometimes the longest step in the process for me sure. of the weekly preview. You know, we're talking 30 minutes or more sometimes. If I'm out of the habit of this and there's a lot open, and by open, I just mean a lot of open loops. So over uh, the holiday season, for instance, mm -hmm. I was still doing what I call capturing where I'm I'm not really trying to process anything or do any work, but emails are coming in and, and I'm getting ideas and I'll put them in my, you know, task manager inbox, just something maybe to look at. You know, processing all of that, getting through all that and getting a handle on what's important and what should happen this week, sometimes that can take a long time. If I'm on top of it, you know, during the week and kind of clearing inboxes and that sort of stuff, it's closer to Hannah's figure, I think, of like 10, 15 minutes. Well, and I think that too speaks to, I, I think in some ways it also depends on the nature of your work. So I'm a content creator. So a lot of times my, my to-dos are something like write this content create this course. Um, and, and it's more like single, single big chunks. Whereas I know Blake, by the nature just of your job, you're, you're balancing, you're juggling more things, balancing more 
plates, keeping them spinning. And so I think that also will speak into how long this takes is how many details you're really needing to track just by nature of your job description. For sure. But this is a this is a really important piece, especially if you're on if you aren't in the habit of doing a list sweep, there will be a subtle anxiety headed into Monday, almost mm-hmm. guaranteed. Unless your personality type is just like you're so like I love to fly by the seat of my pants. Just <laughs> it's it's almost like you're flying blind a little bit until you can actually overview not just the tasks, but the events of the week, you know. When my wife and I do this, we we use this as a chance to talk about the logistics stuff that needs to happen this week. You know, oh, we got to, you know, re-register and re- renew the car registration. We've got to take our daughter to this appointment. You know, all this type of stuff. It's like, oh, wait, you were going to do that on Wednesday? Well, then when am I going to do that? You know, that sort of stuff. So there's definitely, you know, after that conversation, it's like we all mm-hmm. feel good. You know, the, the, the peace and the excitement about the week can start to set in when you move on to these next steps of the process. Well, yeah, because you know what's coming. It's that that the piece that comes with having an idea of of what's coming. That's that's what we're after. But we don't just want to stop in the the immediate what's coming this week, but we actually want to take that vision even further and we want to remind ourselves of where we're headed this quarter or this year, which is why step number four is review your goals. Review your goals. Blake, why is this important? We mentioned this last week, actually, in an episode where we were talking about goal setting. Visibility is one of the simplest yet most profound hacks when it comes to goal achievement. And the biggest factor, I think, when we fall short of a goal or we get off track is that it was out of sight, out of mind. So when we review our goals, it's really helpful because it can kind of jog our memory to be like, oh, right, this is what's most important. And you can start seeing all of those. You know, Some of you may do that weekly overview and you don't feel peace. You feel kind of stressed because you're like, whoa, there's so much to do, right? There's so many little things. And reviewing your goals, I think it's it, it keeps the right things, the really important things in your perspective um, and naturally puts your brain to work on achieving it. Are you familiar with, uh, I think it's called the Eisenhower window matrix. Or, or something like that? It's the, the Eisenhower matrix, the um, importance and urgency and, and looking at those mm-hmm. things. I think without this step, if you do the weekly overview and you're seeing kind of all of the things that that are urgent, but you skip this step of reminding yourself of what's important, mm. you're actually going to be undermining your productivity because you're you're reacting rather than reorienting and taking this moment to say, what am I after? What do I really need to happen this week in order to make progress on these predefined things that I've said this is what I want. And so really this moment, even even though, you know, we were just talking about how long does step three take, step four can take like seconds, really. Just reading over those those goals, reading over those mm-hmm. motivations, it's, it's such a small time commitment, but it can have such a big effect in reminding you where your focus needs to be so that you can, you can, zoom in and and make sure that you're doing the tasks that you need to, to make progress on those goals.
All right, let's bring it home with step five. What's what's the last step here? Step five. I mean, I feel like I kind of teased this a little bit already just in talking about goals. But step five is establish your priority. Um, And this is just the idea that we've talked about so many times on the podcast that we talk about all the time at Michael Hyatt and Company, which is that not all tasks are made equal. Um, If your to-do list is too long, you're just going to get overwhelmed. And so it's really about taking this moment to step back, to remember that 80-20 rule, that really 20% of your tasks are probably responsible for 80% of the results, and to to zoom in on what that 20% is. Um, So this is really where you're making those long-distance goals, you're you're breaking them down into Mm -hmm. action steps for the coming week. For sure. This is, this is critical. And I honestly, I'll, I'll be honest, sometimes there's a temptation for me once I do my weekly overview and I've got a sense for what's coming in the week um, to almost step away from my weekly preview time before I actually nail down the priorities for the next week. I don't know why there's always that temptation, but it's, it's there. And it seems like it's like, well, no, I've got a sense for what's important. So I, you know, I don't need to take time to actually write stuff down or whatever. But where it comes up is in the middle of the week and kind of in the flurry. <laughs> that Wednesday. Of, uh, just the busyness of, of doing live. Yeah, it's always Wednesday or Thursday. You're like, wait a second. What's yeah. the point of this week? Am I doing well? Am I winning? Am I losing? So what we recommend by establishing your priorities is writing down a weekly big three the three objectives that are going to guide your week, guide the tasks that you choose to engage in day to day. So uh, these are the links. This weekly big three is this oftentimes oftentimes ignored link between your goals and what you spend your time doing day to day. You know, we spend our time doing the same things day to day and then we wonder why we don't hit our goals. The the answer is, is usually there's just no link between those goals and the daily tasks. That's what the weekly big three is there for. It, it is that bridge. So you, you choose those priorities. And to me, that then becomes something that I look at every morning when I am setting my daily big three. Before I set my daily big three, it's like, after, it's like the last step before I set that daily big three is I look at my weekly big three. And without fail, it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> that is what's most important. I, I was about to spend 30 more minutes replying to this email that somebody sent, but is that really going to move the needle on what's most important? Right. No. So definitely don't skip this last step. Establish your priorities with a weekly big three. So the good news is you don't have to fall prey to the Sunday scaries. You can set yourself up for success every week and finally start loving Mondays when you walk through a weekly preview. You just need to walk through five steps Celebrating your wins, capturing your learning, compiling your lists, reviewing your goals, and establishing your priorities. Hannah Blake, what final thoughts do you have for our focus on this listeners? I think just that, you know, we're in the middle of this mini series on these different parts of the planner that, that give you the most leverage. And this one's huge. I, I definitely think for me, I, um, I've i only been using the planner for the past six months since I started at Michael Hyatt and Company. Um, but like you, Verbs, I think the, the two big moments for me were when I started doing my daily big three, that was huge. And then when I started doing the weekly preview, it just really 
changed the way that I felt about the week, both going into the week, the, the Sunday Scaries piece, but also even within the week, that, sen- that sense of feeling grounded and centered and focused. Um, so I think my final thought is do it. <laughs> give it, yeah. Give it a shot. Treat it like an experiment, if you will, um, and see the difference that it makes in, in your weeks. I love it. Do the weekly preview. Stop it right now. Pull the car over, <laughs> Jeff. Jeff, pull the car over, Jeff. I don't know. I feel like there's a listener named Jeff, and he's driving. If there is, he's like, what? We're going to get uh, messages from Jeff's <laughs> from the show. Oh, my gosh. Just, I was Jeff's late like... to my meeting. I caused a traffic accident. <laughs> But and you know how that you know how that message is going to end, Nick. They're going to say, "But you know what, Blake? I did my weekly preview there on the side of I sixty five, and I loved Monday again." And Jeff, that's why we're here. Thank you, Jeff, and everyone else listening for joining us on Focus on This. This, this is, is the most productive. <laughs> Go ahead, Nana. <laughs> Go Make yourself for it, at home. Come on, verbs. <laughs> you don't need this me. Is... <laughs> Come back. This is the most productive podcast on the internet. So please share it with your friends and remember the hashtag focus on this podcast. And be here next week for another great episode. Until then, stay stay focused. focused. This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by our full focus referral program. Send $10 to a friend and earn $10 for yourself at fullfocusplanner.com slash share the love.